What's up, Charleston? This is the Healthy Charleston Podcast, hosted by yours truly, Eve Gigi, where we talk all things health-related. We're going to talk about all sorts of health information, as well as, hopefully, and I think definitely today, clear up all sorts of terrible health misinformation. Today, we have an endocrinologist, which I'm glad I got that out correctly, which I thought I was going to mess up for sure. Uh, Dr. Henderson is with us. Hello, Dr. Henderson. Hello, thanks for having me. Yeah, I'm, ex- I'm excited for this conversation. So maybe like, let's set the stage. Usually I like roll back to like, hey, how did you even start in your profession? But maybe just tell us a little bit about like who you are and what you do. Because, you know, for me, like, okay, endocrinology, like understand it's hormones, but like, that's pretty much all I know. So give us maybe an idea of like what you do. So yeah, so I'm a board certified endocrinologist and... I previously ran the thyroid program and the endocrine program up at Wake Forest um, for the last three and a half years. And then before that, I was at Duke um, running their thyroid program, and I was there for five years. But I've always wanted to live in Charleston, so my husband and you I You and everybody else. Here. Goodness, know, right? right now, right? <laughs> my husband and I moved down here in January, and we opened up the Charleston Thyroid Center. So basically, this is a thyroid-specific practice. Um, I am an endocrinologist. I'm a general endocrinologist, but my focus has been and always, like, always has been in thyroid disease. Um, so what we see are um, autoimmune thyroid problems, Hashimoto's disease being one of them, um, that is hypothyroidism. We see Graves' disease, which is hyperthyroidism, that's another autoimmune problem. We see thyroid nodules, we see thyroid cancer, we do biopsies, we do procedures, and we have several other aspects of our practice that we can maybe get into as well. We um, but this is, you know, thyroid-specific care um, from an endocrinologist. Okay, cool. So I think a good place to even start is, obviously you can go to the doctor, you can get diagnosed with this kind of issue, but maybe some people, especially some people who listen to this podcast, may not be going to the doctor that much like other people would. So I'm really curious um, how you would even know or could you, with in the absence, or how would I even know to go to the doctor? Like this could possibly be a thyroid issue. How does that present right. to normal in normal cases? So a thyroid is a hormone. It's one of our most important hormones. So it basically has effects throughout the entire body. A lot of thyroid-related symptoms can be attributed to other issues. So one of the most important things that we see is fatigue. People feel tired. A lot of people feel tired. I feel tired. Yeah. You know, that's a normal kind of part of life, but this is a different kind of tired. This is a fatigue where you have to go take naps. You can't, you don't feel rested when you're waking up in the morning. I mean, places where you're actually sleeping for like 18 hours a day and still not feeling rested, that kind of a tired. Um, Also, we see weight gain. Um, That is another um, sign of possible thyroid issue. And it's, without changing diet, you know, you haven't changed your exercise routine and you're rapidly gaining weight. Um, that is one sign of thyroid as well. There are multiple other um, symptoms of thyroid disease that includes high cholesterol, high blood pressure issues. Um, it includes, you know, uh, hair loss. That's one other thing that we see, especially in women, uh, dry skin, dry nails, um, you know, just changes in the body that only you would really probably even notice nobody else is really going to notice these things but kind of subtle changes that usually 
and sometimes often um, mean that you have an underlying thyroid condition. Interesting. So how about this even like take it a step further because that makes a lot of sense. Super helpful. How, like if you decide, okay, I need to go get this checked out. Like are there, what's the typical protocol? So like those signs and symptoms look like there's a lot of differential diagnosis there, oh right? Gosh, Dry skin, so eczema, right? Like, you know, um, a multitude of things. Is a thyroid something that typically a primary doctor is going to look at first? Or does a patient typically need to say like, hey, this could be this, do you mind checking? Or is that like the first protocol that they do? So the people at highest risk for this being a thyroid condition are people who are number one female. So it does affect females way more than males, like eight to 10 to one. Um, also, if you have a family history of thyroid problems, so if your mom, if your grandmother, if your father have a thyroid issue, you are much more likely to also have a thyroid condition. So talk to your family members. If they have a problem, then yes, you should be checked. Um, we were kind of talking in the postpartum period, postpartum, um, you know, after pregnancy, we see a lot of thyroid problems and it manifests as fatigue, which, you know, a lot of people can say, oh, that's just the new baby. Of course it is. But this or like is postpartum different. depression, could that postpartum be Postpartum depression, postpartum anxiety, all mm-hmm. of those things, weight, rapid weight changes after pregnancy. So if, if your weight's changing, if you have anxiety, if you have postpartum depression, all of those things could be an underlying thyroid issue. And it, it's, those are things that actually you know, are really common, but I think we have a lot of thyroid issues that are not diagnosed because they're not looked at. So if you have symptoms of thyroid, it is not a hard thing to do to ask your primary doctor to just grab a TSH. But a lot of times the TSH level is quote in the normal range. Yeah, that was my next question because I've, I've had that issue of like, oh, I have these blood work done, but sometimes I want to go to a primary doctor because I don't necessarily want normal range i want optimal range where do i need to be optimally yeah yeah so that's a really good question so our tsh range on the normal blood work is way too um big it's way too large a normal tsh really should be between about 0.5 to 2. our normal range on the lab work is usually about 0.5 to five and a half so people are allowed, you know, they get their labs, oh, it's in the normal range, but actually it's not optimal. And this is a hormone. It has to be optimal for your body to function properly. It has to be interpreted as well with regard to several other hormones, free T4, which is inactive thyroid hormone, free T3, which is active thyroid hormone. And I like to also look at thyroid antibodies, which are, it's a blood test that can look for things like Hashimoto's disease and Graves' disease because those come up first. The, the, the autoimmune problem happens before the hypothyroidism. Mm-hmm. You attack the thyroid gland with your immune system and that attack over time causes the thyroid not to work properly. So let's be on top of that and actually figure out that there's an autoimmune issue first before the gland gets destroyed um, down the road. So there's a lot that goes into thyroid screening. It's not just a TSH. A lot of primary doctors will just start with a TSH, but if you do that and you see that your TSH level is not in the optimal range, it's okay to then either go seek a second opinion about your thyroid or ask for a full thyroid panel. Yeah, so like, so so many questions that I have based off that, but so is this something that can be developed due to like 
bad lifestyle changes. Like, you know what I mean? Like I'm just not taking care of myself. And so I'm kind of beating up my thyroid for lack of a better analogy. And then now I've got a thyroid issue, right? Or is this, I mean, there's genetic component as you said, Absolutely. but you know, and is this also something that can get better with lifestyle changes? These are more questions, mm-hmm. but um, all good questions. So yes. Yeah, so the first thing is genetics. So you have a genetic predisposition to get a thyroid issue. Not everybody with a thyroid issue has a family history, though. So sometimes, you know, it's your distant Aunt Bertha who's off, you know, third... Bertha? Like that one. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. And you never really actually spoke about her thyroid condition, and you don't know about that. But usually there's a family history, or at least the gene to get thyroid issues. The second thing that happens is your trigger. So it's usually something like a viral infection. We know EBV mono... HHV6 are two viral infections that are associated with autoimmune thyroid disease. Um, So something that triggers an immune response, it could be a stressful life event, it could be eating horribly and having, you know, intolerance to food or whatever. Um, All of those, postpartum also um, is the triggering event, but Mm -hmm. all of those things activate the immune system and the immune system basically while kind of attacking the viral infection or you know re- responding to the stressful life event gets confused and starts attacking the thyroid gland why that happens is you know we're doing research about that right now but we think things like molecular mimicry um, which means like if you eat a food that you are allergic to or you're intolerant to and your immune system recognizes it as something that's not you um, then it can actually look somewhat like thyroid cells to your body. Hmm. And then the thyroid immune system isn't smart enough to know the difference and starts attacking the thyroid gland itself. So yes, all of these insults, and everybody is different. Some people have viral infection insults. Some people have stressful life events. Some people have multiple events. And I think, honestly, more and more that it's more multiple events throughout a person's life that increase this immune response against the thyroid gland. And then it has to be a sustained response. So, for example, in kids, when we see kids with hypothyroidism or Hashimoto's disease, they're resilient. Like, their immune system, for whatever reason, turns over faster. It doesn't have as big of a sustained immune response against the thyroid. And so they'll get these little bumps in their antibodies for Hashimoto's disease, and then they'll come back down when they're not sick. So when they get sick, the antibodies go up. When they don't get sick, they go down, and they stop attacking their thyroid. As adults who are unhealthy and we have all of these insults and we've seen many viral infections and other things, our immune system stays up and it has a sustained immune response against the thyroid gland. And over time, that contributes to hypothyroidism and symptoms. Interesting. So, I mean, it just seems crazy that our body will start attacking itself. But, you know, if you put that much stress on the body, right, in so many different ways, it seems to be... And just correct me if I'm wrong, seems to be this is just one of those resulting things that just happened, mm-hmm. right? There's a lot of health things that happen if you, you know, cardiovascular disease, heart attacks, whatever, you know. Um, but this seems, is would you say that like kind of lifestyle factors seem to be the reason why this is more prevalent now, right? Like so have there's you heard, more stress. Have you heard of the hygiene theory? So the hygiene theory basically, so when they looked, you know, back into like the earth, late 1800s the early 1900s people were they were farmers they were exposed to like oh okay yeah yeah. now we're talking about bacteria they were cleaning out great story about this and all that stuff and then you know 
so their immune system was primed and realized who the real invaders were. Nowadays, since we're all in our little bubbles, we have our hand sanitizers, we've completely killed our gut microbiome. We have yeah, taking antibiotics all the time. Oh like, yeah, like, okay. taking antibiotics all the time. Um, so For things that sometimes are viral. <laughs> right. Yeah. So okay, your yeah. immune system has not been primed. It hasn't learned, you know, who the enemy is, and so you see, like, uh, there's a beautiful graph. I wish I could actually show the viewers, but where the incidence of, you know, um, polio and measles and rubella all have come down, tuberculosis, all of that, and. Subsequently, in that same time period, autoimmune disease has just skyrocketed, mm-hmm. where our immune system is no longer having to fight off these infections. It's fighting off us, yeah. and it's being triggered by all of these artificial chemicals in our foods and, you know, the whole GMO thing and chemicals in our environment that are triggering our immune system to identify ourselves as not part of us. Man, that's... Uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's super interesting, right? Like... Um, funny story so like I believe what I say like I would completely agree with you like I don't want to live in a in a bubble like and so um people like food falls on the floor or whatever like don't eat it like there's going to be germs there or whatever right like okay maybe I'm drawing the line there right but like you can eat that like you're not going to die right like nothing's going to be fine you know like my daughter she was I think she was two she was two she's two and she really want we have a dog named Bailey and she loves Bailey and Bailey go around and Bailey loved to drink water like after it rained that was in puddles. And guess what my daughter did? Drinked, <laughs> drank, drinked, drank the same water. And guess what happened? Nothing. She's never, she's literally never been sick. She's five years old. That's awesome. Never been sick. Like never thrown up, never really had a stomach bug. Has said like the sniffles like once or twice ever, but never to the point where we've had to like hey, you've got to go to the doctor, you have an ear, like, never in the world, right? And, like, most people would think, oh, if you do this, you're going to get really, really sick mm-hmm. when it's kind of, you know, and again, you're the, you're, the, you're the medical doctor, but, like, it's sometimes really honestly the opposite. Like, mm-hmm. you need to be exposed to these things mm-hmm. so your immune system could go stronger. Similar to what we do as PTs, if I, you know, build, if I lift something heavy and I do bicep curls, more than likely my bicep is going to get bigger and it's going to become stronger and it's right. going to become more resilient. And why are we not taking that same thing with our immune system? Immune system, yes. for sure, right? Instead of putting chemicals and other things into it. Yeah, so we're making ourselves sick pretty much. Yeah, yeah, crazy to think about. Mm-hmm. Okay, so, I mean, that, that clears up... Uh, a ton, but I feel like we can just go down that rabbit hole forever. But I'm really curious about you and how you even got started and how you went down this path of being really excited about messing with people's thyroids. I know, right? Yeah. It's kind of a weird thing. Most of my patients say, I didn't even know what a thyroid was. I had no idea where it was in the body. By the way, it's right above your sternal notch, so like the sternum right in the middle. If you feel there's like a little notch right above it and it sits right there in the middle of the neck, right at the base of the neck. But most people don't even know you have a thyroid until it starts acting crazy. Mm -hmm. And it has so many effects, and I went through some of those. Um, The reason why I went through and, and became a thyroid doctor is because I was passionate about helping people 
get their lives back. Um, as a resident, I really was interested in the endocrine system. I think it's really interesting to see how hormones interplay into all of your different organs and all of the different systems in the body, how it um, makes sense, like with negative feedback on the brain for the pituitary gland to tell the thyroid to work properly. And when the thyroid's not working properly, it tells the pituitary to give a bigger signal. All of that made sense. But then, you know, in residency, I kind of worked with an endocrinologist that did a lot of thyroid disease and saw what a big impact getting somebody on the right thyroid regimen made in their life, um, in their weight, in their mm -hmm. metabolism, in their well-being. Um, I really like treating the patient population. A lot of um, the patients that have thyroid disease, like I said, are women, and they're not used to being sick. They're, you know, otherwise healthy, motivated, they're doing the right things, and then they get this autoimmune yeah. disease. That and they is, probably push through for probably a really long time just think like, oh, I'm just tired, or I'm not working out enough, or I'm not sleeping enough. It and takes then, an average of about five to seven years for people to be diagnosed with Hashimoto's or with hypothyroidism. That's how long it's taking. We're doing such a bad job. We're doing, right. some, like, just in the world, in the United States, it's not the United States only. I mean, it's, like, worldwide. Yeah. And the reason is is because our assays are wrong, like, our blood tests are incorrect. We're not um, getting the correct screening blood tests, and we don't understand the disease. We don't understand how to actually dose the regimen we don't understand why this happens that well and so one of my passions is actually not only doing that in my own practice where we put people on the right medicine and we get all of their hormones correct we don't just you know oh that's a bad you know um, level for your TSH whatever who cares you know your other ones look good we get every single hormone correct that basically corrects other systems yeah. like insulin signaling. Hormones are kind of important. I heard that once. Yep. Yeah. Um, menstrual cycle is important for that. Fertility is a big issue with this. So um, not only doing that correctly in my own practice, but actually spreading the word to other practitioners and teaching other practitioners how to do this correctly. Yeah. Why do you think most people, like in my opinion, and I'm sure you probably agree, you're just thinking differently than most of the doctors out there mm -hmm. that's just a bottom line right and so like why why did you choose this different path or why have you been educated in this way as opposed to most people who just would be like yeah that's fine like I mean it's just mm -hmm. that the dichotomy like you know most people in the world I would think will look at doctors and just be like these are like some of the smartest people it's all kind of the same they're all basically on the same level like they're really smart and they're gonna help me when it, you know the more you learn about they realize there's just like just like anything else mm -hmm. there's just good doctors and there's bad doctors right, right? and just being understand the, the so difference this is the difference let okay. me tell you oh so great here we go the difference between a good doctor and a bad doctor so a good doctor will follow guidelines when they are correct and reasonable but they will also use their clinical experience to actually help their patients the bad doctors are guideline followers that will follow whatever guideline they're told. Same thing like PTs, right? They're going to follow this protocol that's this eight-week protocol for this post-surgical patient no matter what. They're not treating the person in front of them. They're not treating the person in front of them. They're just reading whatever they no, read online or whatever they've been taught in a No clinical reasoning seminar. skills, yep. And it's horrible. It's horrible. Everybody is different. This is personalized care. 
Now, which should be the standard. It's like, oh, personalized care is this amazing thing, and we obviously market to that, but like that should be the standard. It should not be the exception. Right, and but it takes a lot of time. That's the problem. So yeah, we can get into that. It's way easier to just go. Oh, you're in the normal range. Buy whatever. Next patient, you know. So this is like actually saying, okay, your thyroid level is in the normal range, but it is not optimal for your age and for your gender, mm-hmm. and you're having symptoms. So let's figure out how we can fix this and why this is happening. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you got a book that you wrote because I already said you're educating other doctors as well on this. Can you tell us a little bit about that? So I have a book. It's called What You Must Know About Hashimoto's Disease, Restoring Thyroid Health Through Traditional and Complementary Medicine. And what I wanted to do here is to actually put out the right information about thyroid disease, about Hashimoto's disease. We go through nutrition, we go through lifestyle, we go through the vitamins, we go through environmental factors, all of it. And um, I wanted to do this because my patients ask me all the time and I I have an answer and I have what's in actually the data. But um, if you Google something on the internet, you'll find 20 answers. And if you Google, what am I supposed to eat with thyroid disease? The answer is going to be nothing. There's no safe food. So that's not true, obviously. And so I go through that in the book and try to actually give people, you know, some common sense ideas. Some good health information, what the podcast is all about. Yes. So this book is written for patients. It's also written for providers. It goes through conventional medicine, like, okay, if I have a thyroid nodule, what do I do? What do the guidelines say? And what does the literature say? And then it also bridges, okay, what, what can I know about my lifestyle interventions and about what vitamins to take and how mm-hmm. I can actually impact my thyroid health. Yeah, because it seems like you can do a lot without necessarily Absolutely. taking a pill or having a surgery or whatever. Like, Absolutely. I yeah. see people get into remission all the time with their antibodies. They, you know, I've, I follow antibodies because I think it's a really good marker of what the immune system is doing and how healthy it is. Mm-hmm. And then we actually, at my practice, also put focus on you know, what is the underlying root cause for why this is happening? So there, like I said, there's so many different triggers, but can we figure out what it was and can we impact it at all with lifestyle changes? Yeah, that's the hard part, right? There's like three layers to that. One, you've got to be able to spend the time with the patient right there, like during that session. Then you've got to spend continuous time with them to really understand what those triggers are, what the stresses are in their, mm-hmm. you know, in their life. And like, that's just tough. Like most people don't have that, insight or they haven't even thought about it you yeah know? Like yeah or the providers have the time either right? right like there's none of that going on and that's got to be you know and then you've got to track the third thing i was gonna say sorry was like the trends right you've got to understand like is this trending in the right direction mm-hmm. because a true long-term change is not going to happen overnight immediately it's not always, take this magic pill right? right and i always tell people this is an immune problem okay your immune system has a memory just like when you get like a vaccine and then you get influenza Mm, that's a good analogy yeah your immune system is going to remember that was the vaccine your immune system is going to remember it attacked the thyroid so you're it's going to want to keep attacking it oh yeah not good so you have to kind of calm that down but and then don't let it re-trigger because it will i mean you can relapse with this too just like every other autoimmune disease yeah man that's a good analogy you have to use that we use it similar analogies kind of for for pain where someone's like oh my back hurts you know like i lean forward and my back is painful i must have some sort of slip disc or something like that. Well, like this thing is healed, right? But just like your immune system, your mm-hmm. body remembers, your nervous system remembers, this was painful. It keeps sending that signal. Yeah. It's going to take time for us to unlearn that pain, pattern. Right. Yeah, that pain, that pattern, and to p- 
put a new pattern in. Like it's not going, again, there's just no quick fixes and that's still the hard part, right? We're mm-hmm. just kind of live in a culture where people think that like, you know, I'm, I'm a mechanic right. and I'm just going to take out one thing and put something new and you're just going to leave with a brand new car. Probably not going to put a new set of tires on you, right? Like, yeah. it's Chronic just a, disease, it's a hard thing and it's not like a easy fix and it, it's frustrating to people. I mean, like it is a long thing and we call it a thyroid journey because it really is. Yeah. I mean, your thyroid changes throughout life. If you have a thyroid condition and you get pregnant, we need to watch it. If you are um, mm-hmm. if you go through menopause, you're changing hormones, it's going to affect your thyroid dosing. Yep. If you go on any new medication, it's going to affect your thyroid metabolism of your hormones. So there's just so many factors. It's not just, okay, yeah. take this pill and you're done. Yeah. And I love what you said too, where like you have a genetic predisposition because we also get this a lot, right? Like, you know, I have... I told you I had seen this kind of before in my insurance space. Like I have a thyroid issue and you could tell that the patient thought that this was something that they had to live with, that this is not something that's ever going to change. Mm-hmm. You know, that's not something that could be managed. Just like this is what it is. There's nothing I can do about it. I'm always going to be overweight. I'm always going to be fatigued. Like I have a question for you. Sure. Just like, <laughs> you know, with people that you see in PT, I mean, I get a lot of patients who've run on the internet or have been told, you know, I have a thyroid issue. I'm not allowed to work out anymore because I'm going to be in pain and it's just, you know, my thyroid is the issue and I can't do anything and I just have to sit here and I cannot work out. And my response to that is what? Like that is not true at all. If you get your thyroid dosing correct, if I do my job correctly Mm -hmm. and I get you on the right dose and your T3 looks good and your T4 looks good and all of that looks good, there should be no reason why you can't work out and and build muscle mass and be a healthy human but that's all over the internet people do not think that they can work out with a thyroid issue that's super interesting i mean i've first of all it'd be very very difficult for me to even find a diagnosis i mean you'd have to tell me that person would not be able to live or lift or pick up dog food or walk up the stairs mm-hmm. right like exercise is Again, very individual. Yeah, and very individualized, right? right? So, like for me, like okay, I want to try to lift. You know, I'll try to deadlift three hundred fifteen pounds. There's other people. I just want to be able to like exercise, which is just, I don't. You know what I mean? Like it depends on your definition of exercise, basically. Like no, do I need to stress the body in order for it to get it stronger? That's my definition of exercise. No, everybody's appropriate. There is no human that's not appropriate. No, not appropriate for that. Pick somebody who's got like osteogenesis imperfecta, where mm-hmm. basically like, right, their bones are made of glass. You can literally flick them and their bones will break. That Even that person is appropriate for exercise because I know if I can find the right amount of dosage mm-hmm. for them, their bones will slowly get stronger, right. right? And so it's the same thing with anybody else. You need to just dose it. Everything is a spectrum. It yeah. needs to be, thyroid hormone needs to be optimized. Yes, if you're training for something like a marathon, Sometimes I need to help people even get there with their thyroid dosing because they don't have that reserve. But if I'm doing my job, they should be able to exercise. They should be able to be healthy. They should be able to build muscle mass, and that will help them with their metabolism Mm -hmm. and weight in the future too. So there's so much misinformation out there about thyroid, and that's why I wrote the book, honestly, to try to get the right information. But there's so much more I didn't even cover. I need to write volume two or something. Right, right. There's volumes. I mean, we hear that a lot. So like just that question of like, okay, arthritis, I shouldn't exercise. Or like degenerative disc disease, I shouldn't exercise. Or I mean, the list honestly goes on and on. And it's just, you know, the literature and the data continues to say it's the exact opposite. Mm -hmm. Actually, like cartilage will start to regrow if you exercise. Oh, running's bad for me because it'll like, no, like in elite 
athletes who are running like hundreds of miles a week, yeah, there's some generation there, but just the recreational runner who wants to run four to six miles a week, like, no, that is, you know, honestly prevents and starts to reverse some of these degenerative changes that and, we're seeing. And I think, like, with thyroid, too, I mean, I see a lot of overlap with fibromyalgia. People have a lot of joint problems, and that can be absolutely thyroid-related. Right. Um, there is overlap between those two conditions as well. I see it a lot. But a lot of that can be improved with exercise, with lifestyle changes. Mm-hmm. Diet is huge there. I mean, that is humongous. There are so many inflammatory foods for people. If you have intolerances, it can manifest with joint problems and muscle pains. I don't know if you see that. Oh, a lot. we see it all the time. Okay. We see, I mean, not as much now in this practice because usually, unfortunately, people with these diagnoses of fibromyalgia are usually just going down that rabbit hole where like lifestyle and stuff is just not pushed as right. much. It's just here, take this drug and yeah, you know, be miserable. Yeah, and you just have to, you're gonna have to live like this, right. which is obviously not the case. Oh man, like I just get this vision in my head. Whenever I talk to a medical doctor like you, I just get this vision in my head. Just like picture these people who are trapped. Let's just take the diagnosis of fibromyalgia mm-hmm. and are taking and are thinking they have to stay this way. And you can finally find a medical doctor who understands the balance between these things and is actually watching trends mm-hmm. and managing these things in a positive way while decreasing reliance as well, right. right? And you have physical therapists who's actually starting to get into exercise and move more. And then you got nutrition and lifestyle all happening at the same time. I mean, that person can make a completely 180, 180. And, and can go back to like, or go back or start exercising and running, mar- and doing everything that anybody else can do. But right. like, unfortunately... We just don't hear about that as often, right? And because that should be how healthcare is. Right, that right. Is, that yeah. is a win, in my opinion. That should be I the would, norm. Right. Yeah. Yep. I'd love my patients to graduate to the point where they don't need to see me anymore. It's like in regular healthcare, people get stuck in this rut and like they have to come back and take this medicine and take this medicine and you never get better and you're a slave to the system. Get out of the system, Mm -hmm. get your lifestyle changes back in order, and find a doctor that actually knows how to treat you so that you can get back to living. Right, right. It's not that hard, unfortunately, but it's just not the norm. It's not the norm. You know, but it slowly is, right? We talked about that before offline. They're like, okay, people are now understanding this stuff more. They're looking into diet. They're looking into stress. They're looking into working out. They're understanding that, you know, I can make these changes and start reversing some of these chronic diseases, which is cool, but it's still just like a, you know, probably 1% of the 1%, you know? But like, yeah, we just got to keep fighting the good fight, I we guess. We have to keep fighting yeah. the good fight because we've seen people, we like a lot of people, it's not just an exception, it's a rule. If you make lifestyle yep. changes, if you get on the right medicine, if you get on the right vitamins, if you do the right exercise, if you really put effort into your health, you will be healthy yeah. and you will get out of the rut that you're in. Yeah, yeah it's the biggest challenge for us sometimes because as physical therapists, like we'll just call it the natural, what people view as the food chain, right? So like I could do everything I want, kind of diet and exercise wise, but like if they don't have a medical doctor who kind of understands and is dealing with some of those issues, you can kind of throw as much exercise and diet and things at it and it'll just continue to be this like, It'll be better than it was, but I will never get to the root cause. So it's just, Mm -hmm. you know, having somebody like that on your team. It's just necessary, right? Mm -hmm. Because sometimes there's, sometimes it's just lifestyle changes can work, but like sometimes you just need somebody to kind of redirect things just like anything else, right? And have a, what you just don't see a lot is somebody who's in the medical field and usually they'll throw 
everything Western medicine out the door completely. Mm-hmm. And I would like to see was this hybrid thinking of like, oh okay. Oh my gosh, so much better. Yeah, here's my protocol. And like, I'll try to stick to this. But like at the same time, like here's other ways in lifestyle. It's all kind of melded together. And that's why I see integrative and functional medicine. You know, we'll talk about those definitions, but more integrative medicine, I guess, where these two can come together in a yeah, beautiful world. Yeah, there should world. be no separation. Lifestyle changes should go hand in hand with medical care. Period. Yeah. And it should be part of every visit. Right, right. But there, I mean, in medical school, let's be honest, you're not getting a ton of that, if any, right? Like, you guys get like one hour of diet training and like zero as far as exercise or like. It's a joke. Yeah. Isn't that crazy? It's crazy. Like, how is that? It should be half of the, right? And it's unfortunately none of it. You're going to have to go seek it out yourself. Right. So, you know, we unfortunately have a self deprecating system that's just. You're just going to have to go seek it out. It's just right. the bottom line. Like, that's why we talk about you're just going to have to go seek it out. You're going to have to find somebody, a provider that's right for you. It's just not going to, it's not going to fall in your lap. It's going to be hard to find. Mm-hmm. Crazy. Mm-hmm. Crazy. Okay. Um, tell me a little bit before we, like, segue through it. I think we're almost getting, you know, went on a lot of tangents there. Um, tell me a little bit about your other programs that you're doing besides, right? People are coming to see you for thyroid specific issues. They're getting referred hopefully by their primary care doctor or they're finding you on the intranet, right? But like, you know, you're doing some other cool programs as well. So I'd love to talk about that a little yeah, bit. Yeah. So we have, like I said, uh, you like to figure out the root cause behind why these things happen to people and if there are some things that we can do to impact those things. So we have a thyroid VIP program that is our integrative medicine program. So that's taking a deeper dive into the root cause of why people are developing thyroid disease and we're finding some really interesting things that we can actually treat not only with lifestyle changes and dietary changes and vitamins, but also, you know, pathogens. We like on stool testing, we're finding you know, parasites or fungal infections or bacterial overgrowths that we can actually treat and impact somebody's immune response. Um, we can impact how they absorb their medicine that way too. So do you think only people with thyroid issues would benefit from that? But like anybody who's kind of like, Hey, I just want to optimize my life, so to speak, could yeah. like kind of come your way and be like, Hey, can you just look at me, all my hormones? Cause I feel like hormones is just such, it's like the ultimate, uh, objective measure of how you're feeling right Absolutely. right so I, I always take a, a litmus test myself and kind of wake up and be like how do I feel today mm-hmm. you know what I mean that's a really good like okay I've been feeling good these five past days do I need to you know eat a little less sugar should I sleep a little more should I exercise isn't it Usually interesting less. how your body tells you that it does yeah and if you can peel away the layers it took me a while to get there as far as diet and whatever but you know but I think hormones would be a great way Right, so anybody would be appropriate for that because that's going to tell you, right? My mm-hmm. testosterone's too low, right? Mm-hmm. For males, it happens a lot when there's a lot of other things going on. Yeah. So I just kind of want to emphasize that because we get that question a lot. To be for us, for you know what we do at Made to Move, I feel like we could throw a lot of people your way who just more just general. Mm-hmm. Like I just want to feel better in general. What do I do? Mm-hmm. You know, like okay, I can optimize these things, or I can kind of tell you lifestyle-wise, right. not just like, okay, we're just going to put a hormone patch on you to increase your testosterone levels. Exactly. It's maybe not ideal. Yeah, so, I mean, medication and, and putting people on the right hormones, that's really important, but, like, figuring out, okay, what is your body missing in your diet or in your vitamin regimen mm-hmm. or what kind of exposures do you have? either environmental or pathogen yeah. exposure. Yeah, not like vitamin D deficiency. I just like spent more time outside on purpose and all of a sudden six months later, 
it got normal. I didn't change anything. I did supplement for, I think, three to four months just in the beginning Mm -hmm. because I knew I couldn't get it, but then eventually I corrected it, and now I just know I have to be outside like two or three hours. So, Like our bodies, you know, they evolve needing vitamins, and we need vitamins to actually Mm -hmm. function and for our nerves to function and our muscles to function, for our energy, for our cognition. That is super important. That is probably more important than, you know, your blood pressure medicine. Honestly, you need these vitamins to actually feel good and for your body to work optimally. So, um, so yeah, so we're doing that as part of our practice. And then we also have um, a thyroid weight specific program. Um, it's called Thyroid Weight Solutions and it's meant for thyroid patients because not only are these patients um, you know, not used to being sick, they're not used to being 10 or 20 pounds overweight and they can't get the weight to budge. They're following the diet, they're doing the exercise, they're doing everything that they need to do. It's just getting their hormones correct, getting their nutrients and micronutrients correct for lipolysis, which is the breakdown of fat. Mm. And you need thyroid hormone to break fat down. So getting that optimized is my job. Yeah. I, I can't mean, just do keto and it won't work. It doesn't work like Keto that. is not the best for thyroid patients <laughs> if their thyroid levels Yeah, that just seems to be the trendy thing. I didn't mean to pick on keto. I'm sure keto has helped certain people. Like pick whatever, the Santa Clara diet, pick the all-cookie Hollywood diet. I don't know. Right. Well, and yeah. like diet matters. I mean, it really does. Oh, man. So, yeah. so, I mean, and it's personalized too. Some people, based on their genetics, do better with a higher fat diet. Other people do not. I know I don't. Right. On my genetic testing, I do better with a higher carb and higher protein, and I do horrible with fat metabolism. So I need to do a lower fat diet yeah. to lose weight. And hence individual, individualized it's part, all right? Personalized. What works for you? People ask me, like, what, you know... What diet should I do? And usually kind of recommend the kind of whole 30 first. Like, mm-hmm. hey, it's like you just take out processed foods and like, you know, and pretty basic. Like, I just want to eat fruit, vegetables, nuts, seeds, and, you know, and meat. And you can slowly add things in. And then like, oh, man, dairy really messed with me. I found that out through mm-hmm. the whole 30. And like alcohol, not as bad as I thought. Great. Not that I do excessive drinking, <laughs> you know, but that's good, you know. And then like sugar can mess me up in high doses too. Like, okay, we didn't need to thing to notice that but like you know bread i know like not that i don't think i have you know sensitivity yeah maybe i'm maybe i'm sensitive right Mm -hmm. but i don't have uh celiac celiac or anything like that so but it makes me feel awful like Mm -hmm. i eat a sandwich i feel like you know used to feel really tired every day at three o'clock and i stopped eating bread and guess what I have unlimited amounts of energy. Coffee helps a lot, though, too. Amazing. <laughs> and that, I mean, that's all your insulin signaling, and that's yep. inflammation in the body from immune system response yeah. to... And just learning that, right? You've got to just t- took time to learn yeah. that and effort and, like, And sorry. it's all individualistic. Yeah. It really is. I have people who are allergic to lettuce. I mean, like, it really just depends on the person. Yeah, yeah. And you just got to seek out help for that stuff, too. I think people don't do that enough, too. They're just like, oh, I'll figure this out or whatever. It's like, no, get somebody out there. Get them to hold you accountable. Like, right. you know, if a doctor tells you, hey, we're going to do this, we're going to follow this regimen, and then we're going to slowly add things back in and kind of figure this stuff out, and here's the medical profile. But, like, I also just like the idea that you just said, like, I'm going to hopefully decrease the reliance and, like, you're going to be completely independent. Right. Or maybe just need to check in with me kind of once a year once just to year, make sure you're... Whatever. Yeah. I mean, but I, I want people to feel like that's why I went into this. Like, yeah. I can... I see the difference between the start and the end and knowing how d- drastic that can be. Does it, it, yeah. Do doctors even talk about that now? I feel like at no point does no, a doctor I mean, have a conversation. No, I mean, people are like, oh, you're just, nah, you got to live yeah, with it. Yeah, I'm going to have to put, like, okay, I mean, we hear this too often. You're just getting my brain going. But, like, I'm going to have to put you on a statin, 
right? Like that's usually the conversation and the patient will come to me, which is crazy, right? But like, you know, my doctor wants me to put on a statin, what should I do? And I'm like, why am I answering this question, right? right? Like, and I'll do what I can be like, well, we can make these lifestyle changes and here's all the things that we can do. But I really wish the, wish the doctor would have this conversation about like, here's all the options we need to do. Let's go with this really hard for the next six months, yeah. you know, maybe even a year, you know, and make these changes. And if it still doesn't work, okay, maybe then, yeah. you know, even that's debatable in my opinion, because I've, I've read some deep research on statins, but you know, that, that's what we need to do and it's just like no like oh man that's so tough for me it's a tough pill for me to swallow sometimes yeah I don't know what the breakdown is there but I mean the right way to do medicine is the way that you do medicine the way I do medicine I mean really trying to actually understand what is the problem let's fix the problem let's get these patients feeling better and discharge them (laughs) you know or like see them once a year just as a follow-up I mean that's the point. We work yeah. really intensively. Usually I follow my patients extremely closely until I get them on the right dosage and then I let them go. So it's just, yeah. you know, there is a titration period, but once I get you there, we're good. Yeah. You know what? Healthcare and marketing has done so well. It's really, unfortunately, oh man, I'm going on such a tangent now. It's just told people that like, you're going to be sick and you're going to need me forever. Mm-hmm. Like, it's just like, at no point, if I have a conversation with somebody, it's like, man, your body's actually really adaptable and really strong and like can 99% of the time figure stuff out on its own. Mm-hmm. You just need to kind of put the right environment. Mm-hmm. And like, I'm speaking, I might as well be speaking an alien language. Like, what are you even talking about? Like, that is never even talked about. It's like not even like... There's no headline that says that. Hey, guess what? Your body's really awesome, and they'll think figure things on your out. Like you don't even need doctors. Like what? <laughs> like that? You know what I mean? That'd be a good headline for yeah. an article, right? Like what is that? You know, that'd be a good one. Yeah, that does not happen, unfortunately, right? And so, um, and we can blame a thousand things for that, but it is what it is. And I just, you know, as we've talked about before, we just need to. People are just gonna have to educate themselves. Like, mm-hmm. sorry. Like, I wish it was easier. You know, but it's not. It's not, yeah, but it's worth it. It's so worth it. Yeah, to live a life where you're, you feel good and you have plenty of energy and you have, you know, positive relationships and you're generally happy. You know what I mean? Like Health equals happiness, honestly, yeah, especially yeah. when you're dealing with a thyroid condition. So yeah. getting you, and so our, our logo, like our um, motto mm-hmm. at our center is to live thyroid healthy. So to live with thyroid illness, but to live healthy with yeah. it. Yeah, which you can... There you go. Yeah, you can do. Anything else you want to hit before we like go through some just spitfire questions or anything else like? Well, I think if people want to like visit my website, read more about yep. it, they can go to it. It's www.charlestonthyroidcenter.com. You can also follow me on social media. I'm at Dr. Henderson, um, at you know at Dr. Henderson. And um, I'm on Instagram and Facebook. Yeah, and I'll link to those in the show notes okay. for sure. Um, other thing, just to, I love getting people's definition, and we'll just go through some Spitfire questions too, um, is what your definition of healthy actually is, right? You've listened to a couple of them, so I ask everybody that. So like, you know, what do you picture as a healthy person? What would you say your definition is? You know, we hear about, unfortunately, the healthcare definition which is just like the absence of whatever marker that they decide is sick you know is that you know normal levels but like you know what would you say healthy actually is so healthy I think takes a lot of motivation um in a world where you're constantly bombarded with packaged foods and environmental chemicals and 
disease and autoimmune problems because we're all you know living in a bubble it takes a lot of motivation to get there i mean you have to hit the gym you have to eat the right foods you have to go seek out organic non-gmo foods in the united states that's really hard sure um so it it takes motivation it takes planning it takes time i mean it really does take some time and especially if you have a setback like hashimoto's disease or hypothyroidism where you lose part of that health for a little bit um it takes you know a teamwork approach so you know you can do all the research you want to do on google but not all of that's true you really need to be a critical consumer of your information find actual legitimate um, people to follow on instagram or facebook or read books that actually have research and have looked at the information and believed the right stuff because that really impacts what yeah. you do moving forward. Love it. That's a good one. Yeah. You're just going to have to, you're going to have to go get it. It's not, mm-hmm. you know, it's just the day we live in. Like, sorry, yeah. you know, I wish it wasn't like that. It's That's way just, easier to be unhealthy. In yeah. Sustaining. It's way easier. Yeah. There's a fast food restaurant and a liquor store at every corner at this mm-hmm. point. Right. So, all right, cool. All right. Ready for some Spitfire? Got it. Okay. What are you best at? Thyroid. <laughs> Boom. <laughs> nailed it. What, uh, what do you suck at or what do you struggle with? Um, I think I said this before, but basically having some me time and yep. kind of, you know, putting what I do aside and actually just focusing on me yeah. and my family. So a lot of times, you know, I really care about this. This is a big passion. Yeah, you're passionate, but so you can tell for sure. Yeah. It's, uh, it's just separating the two I think. yeah no it's a struggle for me as well for sure uh this will be a good one for you what is the number one thing the public should do to maintain their health and fitness you can only pick one thing i can only pick one only pick thing. one what is the one thing everybody wants to know what the one thing is right we live in a world it's like you know if i can only pick one thing oh i've got to walk 10 minutes a day or you know i've got to it, it can be anything so my answer to that is to eat healthy food so eat organic non-gmo real food that doesn't come in plastic mm-hmm. period yep my kids ate pop tarts today and i hadn't seen a pop tart in a long <laughs> time and i used to eat pop tarts as a kid and i was like man that looks doesn't look like food <laughs> it does not look like food at all so yeah different world <laughs> all right here's some fun ones what is your walkout song my walkout song? Yeah, your walkout song. You're about to come out, go down stage. You're about to just, you know, there's a room full of people. All they want to hear about is thyroid stuff. They're so excited to talk to you. You're walking down the stage. What are you walking out to? I'm walking out to At Last because by energy. <laughs> I like the jazz. It's At Last Your Thyroid is That's hilarious. I like it. I like it. I've not heard that answer yet. That's a new one for sure. What is your favorite cartoon? This could be past or present. Just, what's your favorite cartoon? Hmm. That's a difficult one. I guess, you know what? I really haven't watched a lot of cartoons. I would say when I was young. Yeah, a kid cartoon. A lot of people go with kid, or sometimes they say like the Simpsons. And okay, the so when I was young, it was My Little Pony. Mm. Totally awesome. Yeah. My daughter loves My Little Pony. <laughs> Rainbow Sparkle is my favorite. No, no, Ray- why don't I remember their names? Twilight Sparkle? Yeah, I don't know. That's a good one. Yeah. <laughs> if you weren't a healthcare professional, what would you be? 
I don't know, I save this one for just some people. Usually some people have kind of made it. We need to really get into your story of how you became a doctor in the first place. Yeah. But I yeah. mean, if I could be anything, I would probably be a musician or like okay. a singer. So I like to do that in my That makes more time. sense with the Etta James things. Most yeah. people are like, who's Etta James? Like, what? Huh? Uh-huh. You know, but, but yeah, I like song. the music. Yeah. That's, that's, that would be my backup there. <laughs> What's the last TV show you watched? Um, it was probably either America's Got Talent or, um, what's the show where they cook? With Gordon, a lot of shows where they cook. With Gordon Ramsay. Oh, uh, Top Chef or something, yeah, something like, that. like that? One of those, yeah, one of, one of those. his with him where he's a really mean guy, right? Yeah, the really yeah, British yeah. mean guy, yep. Reality TV, it's a good way to it's unhook. It's reality TV. Yeah, it's a good way to unhook. I don't have right. a lot of time for that these days, though, right. honestly. Yeah. I'm going back to the office and doing some work after we're done. There you go. <laughs> I like it. Last uh, book you read? Uh, last book for fun that I read? No, I mean, any book. Well, well last read... book, book I read was What You Must Know About Hashimoto's Disease. Uh, right. I proofread that thing. There you go. Um, but the last book I read for fun probably is when Breath... Or when... Breath Becomes Air. So it's a book about a neurosurgeon resident who actually developed cancer and ended up dying. It's really good. Hmm. Mm-hmm. That doesn't sad. sound good. You're like, sad, <laughs> you have cancer and then die. But puts things in perspective. I mean, it yeah. does put, put life in perspective. Okay. It's very well written. Cool. You already answered this, but let's reiterate where can people find out about you and your practice so yeah website instagram that kind of stuff yep so uh website um charleston thyroid center.com instagram dr henderson md and i'm on um facebook as well and twitter and you can also go to www.drhendersonmd.com as well there you go there too Nice. Awesome. This was an awesome conversation. I really appreciate you coming out. Yeah. I'm glad we got connected. Good work, Allison, wherever you are in the the world. That's my co-author, by the way. Uh, Okay. Very cool. Very cool. All right, everybody. Thank you so much for listening to the Healthy Charleston Podcast. Don't forget your body is resilient, strong, and adaptable. The way to better health care and a healthier you is education and empowerment. We hope you enjoyed this episode. And if you did, we would love for you to give us a five-star rating in iTunes. Maybe even leave some comments. If you want to find out more about us and our health and human performance center, check out madetomovept.com. Thanks so much. The podcast you just heard was made using Anchor. Ever thought about making your own podcast? Anchor makes it really easy for anyone to get started. It's a one-stop shop for recording, hosting, and distributing podcasts. Best of all, it's 100% free. Sign up now at anchor.fm slash new. That's anchor.fm slash new to get started.